There are some times when it feels like the lectionary text, or even the collect, are tailor-made for a given Sunday. And this is one of those Sundays. Our collect talks about the swift and varied changes of the world. Our Old Testament passage from Ezekiel is the story of God breathing new life into dried bones. Our psalm begins, Out of the depths have I called to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. And our gospel passage is the story of the death of Lazarus. Each of our passages seem to resonate with themes of deep anguish and also resurrection. Dried bones come back to life. Our psalm ends with the statement, With God there is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all her sins. And Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Death and resurrection, hope and despair, these themes resonate with where we are today with startling accuracy. Our present situation, a worldwide pandemic of COVID-19, is stark. The number of cases and deaths increase daily. The closure of schools and restaurants, parks and church buildings. The government mandated restrictions on our movement. All of these disrupt our normal lives in a way that none of us have ever experienced before. These are all perfectly acceptable reasons for us to feel fear and despair. Emotions are heightened in our own homes and community. We weep for all those affected by the virus. We weep for all those who've lost their jobs and businesses. We weep because we cannot gather with our loved ones. As I read through our gospel passage this week, I was struck by how differently I was reading it this time around. I've heard this story hundreds of times and preached on, preached on it probably at least a dozen. And yet as I read through it this week, I was struck by how emotionally charged the passage is. There is love, fear, anger, resentment, hope, trust, deep grief, and ultimately, resurrection. Jesus is warned by Martha and Mary that his friend, quote, whom you love, is ill. We hear more stories about Mary and Martha. But here we realize that Jesus was close enough with this entire family to call that relationship love. Even so, he delays going to them immediately. At this point in the gospel, we know, and the disciples affirm, that for Jesus to return to Judea would be dangerous. There were already people there who were plotting to kill him. And the disciples react with fear at the idea of going back. Staying away was by far the safest option. Even so, Jesus insists that they go. And Thomas tells the other disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. 
When Jesus arrives, he learns that Lazarus has already been in the tomb four days. When Martha goes out to meet Jesus, she confronts him with a statement that I've always read in a tone of grief and resentment. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Her following statement, but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him, I've always heard as a desperate hope. She knows that Jesus is the Messiah and that he can do incredible miracles, but raising someone four days dead is a whole different level. I don't blame her at all for her grief or skepticism. When Mary meets Jesus, she repeats what Martha had said. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Clearly, the sisters believe strongly in Jesus' healing powers. But because they believe so strongly, they seem to er, indirectly blame Jesus for Lazarus' death. If he'd only gotten there sooner, their brother would still be alive. Mary weeps, and when Jesus sees her and the others weeping with her, we're told that he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. The scene that Jesus finds when he arrives at Mary and Martha's is one of deep grief. Everyone is mourning. Despair reigns. When Jesus goes to the tomb, he too weeps. This small statement opens up a profound theological truth. Jesus is not immune to our human emotions. He does not stand outside of them. He feels love, anger, frustration, joy, despair, and grief. Part of what it means when we say that Jesus is the incarnation of God is that Jesus experienced all that we experience. He felt all that we feel. He weeps with us. Jesus weeps, even knowing that he's capable of raising Lazarus. Jesus weeps because death and grief are painful for the living who mourn. And in weeping himself, Jesus gives us permission to weep as well. Sometimes we have no words. Sometimes all we can do is cry together. Over the course of this week, I've seen a number of articles encouraging us to embrace the grief of everything that's happening in our world, in our country, and even in our own community. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be scared. And it is okay to grieve. Our lives have been turned upside down over the last two weeks. Our culture has undergone a massive shift. And all of this is happening as we're being told to stay away from our support networks of friends, family, and colleagues. It is okay to weep. The story of Lazarus feels to me like a story of spiraling downward. We move from Lazarus being ill, 
to Jesus endangering himself in order to travel, to meeting Martha and Mary in their grief and resentment when Jesus does arrive. Everyone is upset and crying, including Jesus. Grief and despair reign. This is not unlike how the last two weeks have felt for us. A spiraling downward as virus cases rise, more and more things close, unemployment rises, and our movements become increasingly restricted. But this is not where the story ends. Jesus orders that the stone be removed from the entrance to the tomb. His request is met with shock by the people, and understandably so. Four days dead with no embalming would mean that the body would already be in the process of decay. It would be much better for everyone present if the tomb remained sealed. Jesus' insistence prevails, though, and they open the tomb. Jesus prays and then calls out to Lazarus, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus does come out, to the astonishment of all those present. This is ultimately a story of resurrection. It's a prelude to the story of Jesus' own death and resurrection. I believe in the resurrection of the dead unequivocally, but I also know that resurrection can be a powerful symbol a promise of hope in the midst of despair. As we move into these final two weeks of Lent, as we too feel that things are spiraling downward and that grief and despair reign in our present day, I pray that we can remember that this, what we're presently going through, is not the end of the story. COVID-19 will eventually end. Schools and businesses and church buildings will reopen. We will be allowed to gather with friends and family again. This won't happen on our timeline, but it will happen. I would like to quote, close today with a quote from author Debbie Thomas. Her website, Journey with Jesus, is one of my favorite liturgical resources. And her essay on today's gospel passage was absolutely beautiful. She closes her own essay with these words. During these last weeks of Lent, as we prepare for Jesus' own death and resurrection, I hope that Jesus' tears can keep us tender, open, humble, generous, and brave. I hope his honest expression of sorrow will give us the permission, the company, and the impetus we need, not only to do the work of grief and healing, but to move with powerful compassion into a world that sorely needs our empathy and our love. Yes, we are in death right now, but we serve a God who calls us to life. Our journey is not to the grave, but through it. 
The Lord who weeps is also the Lord who resurrects. So we mourn in hope. 